You're listening to the Built Shapes Podcast, presented by Midco Sports Network. March is here, and that means all kinds of madness on Midco SN, from the opening two rounds of the Summit League Basketball Championships to the quarterfinals of the NCHC Frozen Faceoff. The best postseason action in the region is live on our airwaves, as well as coverage of Missouri Valley football, college volleyball, softball, track and field, and more. It's all on Midco SN. This is how we do sports, and this is the Built Shapes Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Build Shapes Podcast. We're taping this on a Tuesday morning, March the 2nd. Alex Heinert, Build Shaves. What a time to be alive, Bill. Things are, just, things are just happening at an incredible rate right now in the world of UND athletics. How are you holding up with all this going well, on? Uh, well, I hope you're holding up okay. And uh, it, yeah, literally and figuratively, every sport is playing right now. And if you told me... Because if we continue our pattern, which I think has been a good pattern every other week doing a pod, it'll be after the March 11th date where everything kind of shut down, right? Like that was right. mm-hmm. that was the time frame where the whole Rudy Gobert situation with the NBA and it just felt like uh, it literally felt like the world stopped that day. And um, we're coming up on the one year anniversary and now fast forward that year. And we literally have every team playing it right now. It's it, it's mind boggling, Alex. And when I say, you know, I, I hate to steal from Bubba, but he can't use day by day for football anymore, because at the end of the day, we literally are administratively day by day. That's literally where we are. Yeah, it's it's a good uh, mantra to live by right now. All of us just taking it 24 hours, sometimes not even 24 hours at a time, just from hour to hour, just pressing on with everything happening. What a unique contrast from last year, like you said, at this time when everything stopped to now when everything is li- everything is going. Spring sports are underway. Winter sports are wrapping up. Fall sports who have been moved to the spring are just kind of getting started or midway through. It's, it's a hectic time to keep everything straight. We're going to do our best in this podcast today to recap what's been going on. A ton of stuff to get to. It, of course, is an exciting time of year. We've got postseason play, just getting ready to tip off you know, for hoops, for hockey, some track, you know, track and field, indoor track and field just had their championships this past weekend. And then other sports, yeah, just getting off the ground. As an athletics director, Bill, how, <laughs> it's obviously a very unique time for you. How do you sort of view all this as you see coaches, athletes, everybody so active and so busy and all at very different points in their season all here at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, if we go back on, on the principles that we were looking at, uh, when we, uh, got our student athletes back to working out, that was a big deal back in June. If you go back right historically. And so, you know, June, we, we kind of got them back into the uh, facilities, if you will. And that was no small feat. And then I think we were pointing toward competition. That was, Mm -hmm. you know, that was it in a nutshell. And so we're here and, and, you know, we've learned a lot along the way too, in each program, depending on, their propensity to be close with one another and potentially transmission of the virus has their own testing cadence. And so, you know, you think in the compliance terms, every every program or sport has kind of their own compliance rules, so to speak. There's some 
obviously overarching ones, but then there's one specific to each sport. That's what it is like with testing right now. And so you've got to make sure that you check those boxes first, because I think a negative test is still the golden ticket to actually play games. And so now one thing we learned too, Alex is, you know, every state, every County is handling things differently. We're seeing that again, I think this week, you know, in the NCHC. And so it's just been literally a day by day proposition in ultra Uber communication. That that's it. That's all I can tell you is like, if you're not communicating or you have a question, ask it so that we can then figure it out because the chances are we might have the answer, but we might have to go searching for the answer too. Yeah. It's just so much to keep on top of and a lot of things change daily. And like you said, what we saw in the NCHC this past week with Denver and CC having their series called off, it was a little reminder that we're not out of the woods yet. You can still have competitions called off. We saw that in the NSIC tournament this last week. Wayne State wins the game, moves to the semis, and then has the plug pulled because of a positive COVID test. And so it just all little reminders that in the midst of this craziness, there still is this big overarching thing of COVID that we have to navigate makes things that much more difficult. Yeah, you know, in, in, and I th- I'd say this is, it, it. I'm still reminding, you know, everyone here in our department that reducing your interactions or, or the variables is still something we need to do until we get to the other side. And you're right, you are going to get reminders. And, you know, we're just not immune to it. And so, you know, even though, you know, the, the I'll call it the maybe the uh, the data is is better for sure. And I'm excited about that. And vaccinations are, I think, uh, you know, um, obviously in play at this stage of the game, all great stuff. But this is almost the time where we have to continue to be incredibly diligent because if you want to kind of finish what you've started, uh, is being as diligent as possible is what you need to be. Well, we're going to talk a lot about finishing and starting coming up on the show as we're going to ra- talk postseason previews, chat about the starts of seasons for different programs and the middle of <laughs> seasons for others. First, though, before we get into kind of the blow-by-blow of each of the sports that are happening right now, again, literally all of them, big news last week in UND Athletics with the renaming of the High Performance Center in honor of one of UND's greatest athletes, Bill. Yeah, so Fritz Pollard Jr., you know, that was something, uh, you know, that uh, had been in the works for a bit and uh, and being a state agency and on state property and facilities, there's a process, you know, that you have to go through and we had been going through it uh, the last month or so. But um, what was interesting is so um, and not that I'm a big anniversary guy for my work anniversary. Holy cow, I'm just not that guy. But the reality of it is March 1st was the third year I had been here. And and interestingly, I've worked for three different presidents. And so, so I'm three for three in a sense. Uh, Hopefully I'm three for four and three for many beyond that at some stage, but it it really got to a point when Andy took over uh, um, in June that started to have the conversations about, we thought that this would be really a a good thought uh, because right now we really didn't have a name for the building per se. I mean, it was just kind of called HPC. And so uh, we, you know, looking back and, and, and truly uh, looking back in 2016 and, and reading the article in the uh, uh, Greeley Tribune where Jason Hadstu is, is is quoted and Earl Strinden is quoted. And I think anytime Earl is quoted, 
you kind of you perk up and, and you say, you know, wow, um, you know, he's been around for a long, long time and uh, and knows UND. And, you know, to have someone that, uh, you know, embodied a student athlete in a multi you know, student athlete, really three sports, right? Because boxing mm-hmm. was in play at that point. But with that facility being, you know, so much uh, of a um, track and football uh, facility, it just seemed so logical. And so uh, we're excited that uh, we thought others were excited about it too. And we were able to kind of push it over the finish line. So now we've got to get, you know, we got to get the, uh, you know, the actual verbiage up, up, the signage, if you will, on the building. And we're hoping by uh, by the fall, maybe we can have, you know, Fritz the third in, uh, in the Pollard family here um, to kind of, you know, memorialize the actual uh, facility. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know some of the story and, and Fritz Pollard Jr.'s incredible athletic accomplishments and just the life that he lived. If, if you are not familiar, go look it up. I mean, there's great stuff on the UND's website, but you mentioned that article as well in 2016. Find that online. But the fact that the guy was a three-sports star, football, track and field, boxing, was a bronze medalist in the 1936 Olympic Games in the high hurdles. Again, that's the, the Jesse Owens Berlin Olympics in front of Hitler. And here's this, you know, a black man from America going over, representing his country and the University of North Dakota, winning a bronze. And he, he was winning the race and then tripped over one of the final hurdles and still finished third. And then to come back, he was an All-American football player, did incredible things for the country, for youth in the, in the city of Chicago, and then was a liaison for athletes traveling overseas. Like just the guy had a life. And it's awesome that we get a chance to memorialize him in this way where people will know his story and be inspired by it. Just kudos to the athletic department and, and to the university and to the Pollard family for coming together and for figuring this out. It's a great way to, again, to tribute a man that really was uh, the best of us for the University of North Dakota. No question. I mean, in, in you know, there's people to thank. Obviously, Dr. Armacost, uh, uh, for sure, the State Board of Higher Education, Deanna uh, uh, Carlson Zink uh, with the foundation, and Roberta Beauchamp have been, uh, you know, stalwarts uh, in, in kind of moving this forward as well. And you know, as we're as we're having some conversations about, um, you know, I'll call it taking Memorial uh, Stadium down, if you will, and then what's next. And, you know, maybe I'll tease this. That's that's a great pod at some point in time as far as uh, down the road. So I, I hopefully that's a that's that's just a good thought that won't be for this pod. But 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 down the path to remember your history too, Alex, I think is incredibly important. And then just the, the Pollard family. I mean, his dad, the first black head coach in the NFL, he was enshrined in Canton, Ohio and in, uh, in the early 90s. Uh, and so, you know, just a, a pioneer and uh, a trailblazer in so many ways. And so exciting for us to be able to do that. And now, uh, you know, we need to uh, obviously just make sure that we dot I's and cross T's and uh, and, and recognize uh, the Pollard family uh, when uh, hopefully COVID uh, allows us oh. a better way to do something face to face. Yeah, very cool. The Fritz Pollard Jr. Athletic Center. Stay tuned for when that ceremony will happen sometime in the months ahead a lot of sports to get to let's back up a little bit because the the you know you don't you don't win a conference championship every week or every month or every year and the fact that hockey did so now two weeks ago pretty special stuff to lift the penrose cup banner again with the win over omaha a couple of weeks back now they've won five in a row now as they get ready for senior night this weekend they're number one in the country 
What can you say about this hockey team right now? They just seem to be on a mission. Yeah, you know, it almost feels like um, a little bit of a continuation from last year. And I think there was just a, uh, obviously, a sour taste in everybody's mouth uh, <laughs> for a lot of different reasons, right? And uh, But for that particular program, for, for a lot of our guys that uh, had the ability to go on and, uh, and go do this thing, um, you know, professionally, you know, for them to come back and, and try to uh, maybe kind of finish the job, if you will. Um, it's kind of like it's sitting out there now. It's like it's, it's within distance, if you will. And uh, that was just one step in the process. And uh, I thought, you know, uh, if you think about it, going down to uh, Omaha for that period of time was incredibly unique. I think the grind mentally was unique, certainly physically losing a couple of guys to the U.S. team and then uh, suffering some injuries. Uh, I, I think this team has kind of gone through a few things, but right now seems to be playing and is pretty focused uh, uh, about the, you know, the task at hand and what they want to accomplish and certainly raising uh, 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 another banner uh, as regular season champs, it, you know, back to backs don't come all that often. And so to be able to do that, I thought was pretty impressive. An NCAA record 19th conference regular season title for UND. They're fourth in the NCHC era. They have one game left in the regular season um, coming up Friday night, senior night at the Ralph at 730. Big game, you know, a chance to send the seniors out in, at least in their regular season days in the Ralph the right way. But then, as you mentioned, the, the fun thing is they're going to be playing the postseason at home as well. You have NCHC frozen faceoff now all inside the REA single elimination. We know UND is going to play Miami in the 1-8 game coming up on Friday. We don't know the time yet, but Friday, March the 12th. Everything's still out there to play for for this team, and they have a great chance to go on this this run and do so a lot, a lot of which at home, because again, the regional will be in Fargo the week after. It's exciting stuff. They're going to be doing this now all within the 701 area code, Bill. Yeah, you know, obviously, uh, knock on wood, and again, if anything's taught us the last year, I guess you just don't assume anything if it's in the future, but assuming we play the game on Friday night, you know, we'll have played 17 games uh, um, on the road. And, and, and seven in the REA, but, but the back half of the schedule certainly was kinder in a sense of sleeping in your own bed, literally. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you're right. It just happens to be one of those years where we're hosting a regional here in Fargo. And so gives us a chance just to go 70 miles South, uh, to play games and yeah, it sets up for sure. But, uh, you know, we got to keep, uh, keep focused here and, and, and keep, keep kind of rolling because uh as we've seen in the past uh you know the one and done scenario albeit incredibly exciting um not sure how exciting it is for 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 those of you that uh feel as though you may be uh uh in pretty good shape if it was a best of seven or best of five or even a best of three but as we know when it's 60 minutes alex it's uh wow it's again exciting but it's a challenge. Uh, the likelihood of upsets increases. The less games you got, the smaller sample size, the more chances that a, an upset can happen. So that's what UND's got to guard against coming up now over the next couple of weeks. I do want to ask, with hosting duties now coming up thick and fast with Frozen Faceoff, followed by the regional about a week and a half later, how are preparations coming when you've got not just the hosting of these events, but also the COVID protocol issues going on as well? How, how is the athletic department doing in those two particular areas that are coming up so soon? 
So joined at the hip, you know, you know, Jody Hodgson, we've got, you know, probably the best general manager of a, of a, uh, an establishment in the country. Uh, Let's even say the world. Yeah. So, I mean, so we've got that. And so, you know, and and we've got the REA staff working, you know, Jody, I'd say Jody and Eric are in the front uh, uh, seat of the vehicle, if you will. And uh, in working with uh, Josh Fenton and and one thing Josh is, Josh is incredibly thorough and he leads uh, when he leads a meeting, uh, there is no stone unturned. And so uh, I think you got those three at the helm and then everyone else trying to pitch in and uh, everyone has their roles and they're going to, I think, play it well. And so uh, we're excited about it. Everything seems to be going very, very well. Uh, Ticket sales have gone uh, pretty darn well. uh, And so um, I think it's going to be great, Alex. I really do. I think it's going to be a fun event. And, uh, you know, unlike the pod, I mean, it's an in and out affair, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. teams get here. Boom. First day, half the field's gone. So, you know, it's a little bit different feel in that regard, but there are some things that you've got to figure out when all eight teams are in the venue at once. And uh, fortunately, the Ralph was built for uh, events like this. Yes, it was. Great for the equipment managers where they can just set up shop in the locker room and not have to move around. You know, great the fact that there will be fans, unlike the pod, which was a fanless environment. There will be some atmosphere inside that building for all four of those quarterfinal games and the semis and the title game. And again, it's the best, we think, it's the best hockey facility in the country. And so the fact that we get a chance to, to put on that particular event here, really special. And then same thing with Shields Arena down in Fargo. And I, I, I guess right now, do you know what the restrictions will be in terms of tickets? Are we 25%? That's what has kind of been floated out there would be the max capacity for that building. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, so a couple, a couple things backtracking. Uh, thank you to Midco for, um, uh, and, and Mark Powell uh, and, and Josh working out the arrangements that you all will be doing the quarterfinal games. I think that's exciting. Um, it kind of, I think, incredibly fitting compared to what you, what you all did in the pod. I mean, that was uh, a Herculean task and you guys, uh, you guys did an awesome job with that. So, uh, mm-hmm. so we're excited about that for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, uh, Eric is working with uh, Shields arena at this point in time and the NCAA. Uh, and again, that's been floated out. I don't know if that's official at this point in time, but I think sure. w- the reason why it's been floated out is because other championships are in that realm it seems like that's the max right would be the 25 percent but you know the the weird thing about all of these championships to some degree is you got to go back to your county and state that you're in as to whether that could be a possibility or not and and i will say this is like you know i saw some twitter chatter the other day and you know i think um the uh, athletic director at Iowa State was questioning, you know, why isn't there, you know, fans in at cross country NCAA championships? And, you know, I, I just think each championship is its own. And and I think that's kind of how you have to approach these things. And so there's probably obviously reasons to it. Um, and I wasn't uh, I'm not uh, understanding of it at this point. But I would say anytime you're going to play somewhere, it's all relative to the place you're going. Yeah, and that's. I think that's good for people to remember that it, there's not really an apples to apples comparison in these things as you're looking across the country and see some venues where there are a lot of fans, some where there are none, some outdoor versus indoor. Everybody's got their own set of rules right now. So just got to roll with it. Watch this space, certainly, and watch 
FightingHawks.com for more information about ticket sales for the West Regional, for the NCHC Frozen Faceoff, et cetera, as those tournaments get a little bit closer to happening. And yes, by the way, thank you very much for the kind words on the coverage of the pod. And we are thrilled to get to put these games on Midco SN. It's going to be another tremendous event that we get to be a part of. And I'm I'm stoked. We're going to have Dave Starman come back. Jake Brant and myself will get a chance to call those games. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So looking forward to that on March the 12th and the 13th. Lots of uh, tea and honey. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that is the plan yes that is the plan we've been pushing it pretty hard here over the last couple of weeks and we will continue to do so hockey's number one in the country bill shaves football's number four in the country right now what a start for bubba schweigert and co two and oh back-to-back wins over valley opponents another ranked valley team coming to town you couldn't really draw up a better start to this wacky spring season and, and the start of life in the Valley, really, for this North Dakota team that has looked phenomenal through two weeks of the regular season. Yeah, it's been fun for sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I so the administrator in me says, you know, awesome to hold serve at home. I mean, that's that's a that's something that I think, uh, you know, you need to do if you're going to be a. Uh, uh, if you're going to make uh, some noise uh, on a national level. And so, you know, you're playing, we talked about the NCHC, right? I mean, with the Missouri Valley Football Conference, again, just look at the look at the polls at this point in time. It, it's a gauntlet. And so, you know, as exciting as it's been the last couple of weeks, you know, every week presents an issue and a problem. And so here we go. We got South Dakota coming in who just, you know, went on the road and uh, went to normal and beat Illinois State, you know. And so, you know, it's just it, it, every week's its own. And uh, but, you know, obviously, you know, you got to give a lot of credit to uh, our, 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 our team. Uh, they're playing really, really well, and uh, coaching staff's got them coached up real well. And it's been awesome to see after uh, halftime, too. It seems like both games, you know, the adjustments that we've made at halftime have really uh, taken hold and uh, really have played really some solid football in the third and fourth quarters. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that's where you see the games have been won, have been in the second half. Defensively, I think they've allowed seven points in four quarters of football after halftime, and that was a late kind of garbage time score against Southern Illinois. Um, It's just been really fun to see this team hit the ground running like this. And I think we knew the potential was there. A lot of guys back, a lot of talented young kids coming up in the system. But when you hadn't seen the team play since Thanksgiving of 2019, you just you didn't really know what you were going to have, and especially in a new league, in this new format. But yeah, you can't say enough about the job that the staff and the players have done to to be able to do this, beating the number three team in the country, beating the number 24 team in the country, and doing so convincingly. It's really fun to see. And you can tell the fan base is just so energized. It's, it's awesome. I thought the best thing about that win against South Dakota State on Saturday, after the game was over, families were down on that front row of the Alaris, you know, taking pictures with the guys, celebrating with them. And you see just the joy of getting to watch your, your son or your grandson or your brother or, or your whatever to have that kind of success and to share in that, that was really special for me. And when families have not been able to be together much during this time, that's why sports, I think, still are important in the midst of all this. It is that connection and that that's joint celebration. Uh, it was really cool to see. So again, credit to Bub and the guys. Awesome. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun for sure. And South Dakota State's really good. And they, uh, you know, it was just one of those weird, odd games where it felt like, 
you know, they could have been up two, three scores in the first half. And we found a way to hang in. And, you know, sometimes that's what you have to do. And uh, and then we then the, kind of the tables turned a little bit. And uh, and then halftime happened and maybe a few adjustments here and there. And next thing you know, you know, you're up by a score or two and you're trying to put the game away. So, yeah, it was exciting. But, uh, you know, again, five o'clock on uh, on Thursday night. And so that'll be a lot of fun, too, you know. Um, uh, facilities uh, obviously are um, a challenge in the spring, uh, and that's if anyone's wondering why we're playing on a Thursday, is because the Alara Center's got to turn that uh, turn that venue around for a weekend. Uh, they've got um, a weekend event uh, inside the Alara Center, so they're going to be uh, they're going to be <laughs> grinding right after the game and in, in, in putting uh, putting the armor back onto the uh, turf for sure. So uh, yeah, exciting for sure. And uh, but this week um, the t- the tests just get harder. <laughs> South Dakota comes in as the number 20 team in the country. They had their opener moved back because of a COVID case with Western Illinois. So they've just played the one game. But like you said, they scored 27 unanswered on the road against the number seven team in the country. And they forced seven turnovers. So between these two teams, they have forced to combine 15 turnovers in three games. That's a lot of takeaways, Bill. So hanging on to the football, going to be important in this one for the two Dakota schools who are going to meet. Uh, I believe for the... Goodness, is it the 97th time? They've, they've played this since 1906. Great tradition between North Dakota and South Dakota. And they've played some entertaining games. The last time USD came up to Grand Forks, it was a 47-44 double overtime game that just had everything you could want from an entertainment standpoint. So if we, if we get even a little bit of something like that this weekend, it'll be a lot of fun come Thursday night, either in person or live on Midco SN at 5 o'clock. Yeah, I mean, so can we go back to 2003? I mean, that's sure. when South Dakota State and North Dakota State, you know, decided to go uh, FCS. And you know, so think about it. We again, we've 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 cut, said this on the pod a few times, but you know, we've got 18-year-olds that are rolling out there at this point in time. That at the end of the day, they're adults, and they we've missed a generation of these types of games in a conference. And um, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I you know, whatever's going to happen in the NCAA, whatever's going to happen in the Supreme Court, whatever all that stuff is, regional rivalries that are significant where schools play each other and it means something is huge. And so it's just it's it's really cool that, you know, we have that opportunity again. So, again, the, the Big Sky was an awesome place for UND to be at that moment in time. But this is where we need to be as far as from a regional standpoint. Yeah, I think the just the beginnings of UND's time in the Valley, you know, in, in combination with what we've seen with the summit the last couple of years has just vindicated that move to make that shift from the Big Sky to the upper Midwest conferences that UND is in. It's special, and we've seen that produce some special games and special moments. And when you have that kind of history, again, over a century of history playing against these rivals, you don't want to take that lightly and take that for granted, and it's great to see those things back. So football, very busy, getting set again. Game on Thursday, then a bit of a bye week before they go on the road for the first time this year against Western Illinois on March the 13th. Hoops! Busy as well as they get into tournament play this weekend. The men earned the five seed with the 500 conference record, eight and eight. They take on Oral Roberts on Sunday at 5:45. The opening session or the opening game of the evening session that day. You know they split with ORU earlier in the season. Paul Sather's team again made a run 
to the conference championship last year. They're very much in that mold again this year of a team that can go deep. They've beaten everybody in the league outside of SDSU. Given Omaha's just odd year this year, given the fact that they just had some COVID issues, they've had some things, but they've been, as we all know, they, they've been a really good program. And so for them to be the eight seed <laughs> and, and the Rabbits having to play them, uh, this feels like this tournament's wide open. Yeah. It, it just feels like it has that wide open affair and kind of odd to have an, uh, a bye week the last week of the year. But I, I don't know. I, I, I look at it and just say, you know, you get what you get. And so I think uh, it was, you know, we were able to maybe do a little self-scout to some degree and maybe do some individual things, a little bit of time, a little bit of rest. And so, uh, yeah, you could say, hey, maybe we're going to be rusty or whatever you want to say, or you're not in a rhythm or whatever all those things are. But, you know, I, I, I think the schedule's the schedule, right? I mean, you just, you, you deal with it. So, I mean, there's not much you can do about it. So uh, um, we're excited. Go down there, see what happens. Oral Roberts, really, really talented. They've got two two guys that are really, really, um, you know, kind of good. The two guys who are good, though. They're good. Yeah, they they could be, uh, who knows, uh, uh, all-conference type players, and uh, they're good. And so uh, we'll have our hands full with us. But it seems like we're playing our best ball of the year right now. So, uh, you know, we're going to – if if we can play, you know, well defensively and, and kind of figure out the boards a little bit, and uh, it seems like we've been shooting it better. And, uh, and you know, the good news is, Alex, and, and, and again, I who knew this, this was going to happen too? At least our guys have played in the Pentagon three times this year. That's right. That's right. That's a great point. Again, that Dakota showcase back in December in the Pentagon, back before we knew that's where the conference tournament was going to be played. Now the Summer League makes the move from the Denny Sanford Premier Center to the Pentagon. It'll be a fanless environment, just like it was for those three games UND had against the other Dakota schools in December. Stakes a little bit higher, of course. But there's familiarity with that setting, and that could be a slight advantage, again, for an Oral Roberts team that has never played in that building. We, we will see. Yeah. We will see. Here. I don't know. I, I Hey, I, you'd rather have played in the building than not. <laughs> That's right. And that's success. I mean, again, UND beat, uh, beat South Dakota in that building, played NDSU to the last second. Uh, played close with South Dakota. Not to bring up bad memories here, but obviously they, you know, they they had success. It wasn't like they went down there and then lost three games and hate that place. They shot it well. Uh, it's going to be an interesting venue. It'll feel different this year, of course, without the great crowds of eight, nine, ten, twelve thousand people. But again, the goal is still the same. The prize is still out there, and it, it will be a lot of fun to have March basketball going. No doubt about it. And you all do a great job covering that as well. So, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, you coming off uh, the Northern Suns uh, tournament and now going into the Summit and, and everything else you all are juggling. But uh, it but it is a fun tournament for sure. Yeah, if the Summit is anything like the NSIC, we are in for a wild couple of days. I think there were, were there five, four or five overtime games in the NSIC tournament. It just seemed like every game came down to the last shot. It just the championship games not so much, but at least in the quarters and the semis, some tremendous action. So we're hoping for more of the same here come this weekend. Again, that coverage starts on Saturday with the top two seeds taking on the seven and the eights on the men's and women's side. Then Sunday, the three sixes and the four fives semifinal. Monday, followed by Championship Tuesday, which will be on ESPN. But again, all those games, all 12 of the games in the build-up to the championship, live on Midco SN or Midco Sports 
plus. Um, quick word on the women, of course, who will not be playing this weekend. Just just a tough end to the season down in Omaha. Again, the girls fought so hard all year, and it was kind of those two games against the Mavericks a little bit similar to what we saw all season. Good games, just couldn't quite find a way in the end. Yeah, you know, it, there just was so many um, so many issues uh, that presented themselves uh, that just were out of their control this year, and that just uh, they kept grinding and. Uh, you know, we'll see what transpires as, as we now move forward. But, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, you know, kind of disappointing for that team. Certainly that was a premature end to the season and they, uh, you know, prefer to obviously be in, uh, Sioux Falls, but, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of look forward and kind of figure out how we can get back into the mix. And I, I, I have no doubt we're going to be back in the mix, uh, sooner than later. Yeah. That's just it. tough to, tough to see the team not have the success you want or that they deserved this year with how hard they worked, but it's an opportunity now to learn from what happened this year. You hope that this year never happens again based on all the things they had to overcome on the court and off. And you press forward and look ahead to 2021, which will be, again, better when the fall comes around. A couple other sports to hit on quickly. Volleyball, of course, very much in the middle of their Summit League season. They got a couple of games against Denver, one of the best teams in the league coming up on Friday and Saturday. It's been kind of a tough go of late for Jeremiah Tiffin's squad. They've dropped six in a row now, but... They've been competitive in these matches against some of the best the league has to offer, and that's got to bode well when they get some quote-unquote easier opponents in the weeks ahead. Yeah, this, the, the spring uh, has, you know, if you think about it programmatically, depending on where you are, you know, it, it, it's there's no better uh, opportunity to, to uh, compete and, and compete against some of the higher end volleyball schools in this conference where again um we you know we have had an at-large bid from this league so it is a uh it it is a challenging conference and you know I, i think much like women's basketball you know there's um i'll call it some uh uh, you know, some things that, that the coaching staffs are doing to evaluate where where we are, where we need to be. And uh, at least this this spring season gives us a lot of sample size as far as where we might be. And uh, instead of just going through your kind of normal spring where, you know, I, it may not be as I'll call it competitive. Um, it, it, this is. And uh, you're right. And so we just got to keep grinding right now. You're right. We're playing some of the better teams right now. And we just got to just kind of hold it down until we get to maybe uh, to some other uh, programs, uh, maybe more in the in the band that we are in currently, uh, not that we want to stay in this band. And so, uh, so again, I think uh, Jeremiah and the team, they just got to keep grinding. Yeah, plenty of season left for this group, this young, young group yep. that has a, lot, a yep. lot of freshmen and sophomores that are playing big roles this season. Track and field finished up their indoor season, at least the summit portion of it, this past weekend in Brookings with the Indoor Track and Field Championships. Five school records broken, six all-conference performers. The men and women both finished fourth. I mean, really pretty good end of the season a lot of really you know personal bests in this unique year what did you think of the track and field squads this weekend bill yeah i I agree with you um alex had some a lot of prs uh a lot of silvers um this this weekend and i thought uh christine's group um really kind of peaked at the at the right time which was great um kyle doperalski uh our track and field uh sports supervisor he was down there all weekend in brookings and uh yeah i thought pretty good end to the season now now weirdly weirdly as the teams headed back to Grand Forks, um, just, I guess, behind the curtain type stuff. Anybody that is a uh, distance runner and is going to participate in the cross country championships got off the bus on Sunday night and immediately tested. 
because that's the testing cadence that needed to be done for the cross country championships coming forward. So that's literally what is occurring on like a, a sport by sport basis. And so our athletic trainers were sitting there waiting for them as they literally rolled into Grand Forks and uh, getting ready to uh, to do an antigen test on. Yeah, that was one thing. Uh, talking with Christine Engel back in the fall about how this would work with indoor track and field and cross country and the outdoor season, essentially all just slamming into each other at the same time. And here, here we are. So far, so good, I guess. I don't, as, a, as a distance runner, your head's got to be spinning. But hey, you got to love the opportunity to compete. That's, that's, that, that's what this is all about. That's it, Alex. I, you know what? Sound like a broken record, but I think you go back to what your principles are at this point. And, and, and at some stage, I don't know when it was, but it was probably sometime after uh, when the fall season was uh, postponed. Uh, it was, hey, uh, we want to do this thing called competition. And if there's an opportunity to compete for our student athletes and our programs, we want to do that. And we're doing it. We're doing it. And uh, the, the, the students have been great. The coaches have been great. Athletic trainers have been like MVPs. Mm. And, uh, you know, you just never thought that you'd be doing this. Uh, but that's OK. I mean, uh, at least we're getting the competitions in. That's right. You have competitions for track and field, for cross country, for softball as well. The softball team three and four now on the season. They've had a number of games called off because of weather in recent weeks. They were down in Florida come this weekend for five games. Just another sport that is sort of in their normal cadence right now of being on the road down south. Fun times for Jordan Stevens and the ladies. Yeah, I talked to Jordan. I don't even know when it was. Uh, all these days do run together, I'll be honest with you. It was this week. I th- well, who knows? It could have been Sunday or Saturday. Uh, but it, but um, I, I caught up with him before he uh, uh, before they were going to Florida. And they've got kind of a, a, a bubble working in, in Florida. Maybe it's more of a pod type thing, but kind of more of a controlled environment. So that's a really good opportunity for our, our team to go down there. I thought it was funny. I, I said to him, um, uh, you know, you had some weather to to deal with uh, on the last trip. And he said, yeah, um, they called it ice. Let's just call it was frost. <laughs> you know, that that, that that was not ice. Um, we know ice and that was not ice. And so uh, so I uh, just really kind of funny in that regard. But uh, uh, Louis, Jones, Louisiana, Bill, it's just a different, different, different uh, take on what weather. Yeah, like. he mentioned in one of the games, he just said, look, if I just have my team just warm up in the outfield, trust me, it's all going to break up and it's all good. <laughs> this is uh, this is really good for us. So uh, so anyways, long story short, at least we got some games in there and Janae pitched a no hitter uh, one of the games. And so uh, good for her. And uh, yeah, it's just it's amazing to me, Alex, coming out of, let's just say Hislop, right, or or uh, the Pollard Center. Um, it, 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 it's 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 interesting then just having boom, go on a field and play. So uh, it's challenging, but uh, hey, only one way you're going to, um, you know, have give yourself a chance in the Summit League is to go get some games in right now. Yeah, I'm good for them for hitting the road and making that happen here. Uh, golf in action coming up this weekend as well. Men's and women's teams both on the road down south. Tennis also busy. I mean, again, it is literally every sport is underway right now. It's incredible. 
We are just dividing and conquering between uh, <laughs> uh, administration. I mean, we're just literally, so we had our, our senior staff meeting this morning and all we did was go, here's our agenda, simple agenda. Let's go through every sport. That's it. I mean, just making sure that we have everything covered that we think needs to be covered, whether it's they're on the road, whether they're home in a facility that's not ours or in a facility that might be ours. I mean, I, you know, it just you know, might be the first time someone's been on the road, even though others have been on the road since November. They're just we're all in different places. And so we got to make sure that we're checking boxes. Yeah, well, you guys have continued to do so to keep those competitions happening. Awesome job across the spectrum. North Dakota Athletics, Bill, it is just, it, you just can't stop it. You cannot stop it. So credit to That's you and right. the staff and, and the kids, again, for doing the right things and making these competitions happen. I can't forget, I, I, it was either Newman or Cliff Clavin that once said the mail just keeps on coming. I think that was it a just, Newman quote, yeah. Was the mail, Newman, the mail just, never stops. It just never stops. That's right. Because he ended up taking, I think, um, every if it rained, he took the day off. Newman didn't work in the rain, correct. But but he also again, <laughs> it, it was the first one I think Jerry said right. <laughs> Neither <laughs> rain nor sleet. It's the first one. It's the first one. <laughs> it's the first one. So UND athletics keeps on going. Keeps the on going. Keep keeps on going. We're the anti Newman. <laughs> 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 oh well, let's do it. Just a really really minuscule flip to the B because we have actually some good results to talk about in the EPL. Spurs four nil over Burnley couple of goals for Gareth Bale. Watch out. Spurs are back, Bill. You're hammering Wolfsburger midweek in the Europa League. Are Spurs back? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think I think if, if, if they're going to have a shot to at least make a little bit of noise, I mean, you're going to have to play Bale if he's healthy. And, uh, you know, you have to account for him. Uh, even if he's 80% of what Gareth Bale was, you have to account for him. I mean, if he's going to play in that form, um, you know, they could be dangerous. I, I do think, I, I think Deli Alley is going to make it back onto the field too. I, I think it's going to be Sun Kane, Bale, and Alley. And, and I, it's amazing it's taken this long. I mean, uh, it seems like that was the thought going in, but uh, we had to go through a lot of drama to potentially get there. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. You get Fulham this week in the league. You're up to eighth. You're only six points out of a Champions League spot. But again, the toss, the, the twists and turns will continue, I'm sure, as, as things move along. So Yeah, and Liverpool got to win. Although Liverpool, you know, I, I've said this before. They've just got so much on, on the odometer over the last two years that it just seemed like they were ready to have a little bit of a de- dip, if you will. Now, bound to. Yeah. they're bound to. They're bound to. And, you know, um, when's Van Dyke coming back? Is he done for the year? He's done he for the year. Back? Yeah, it was, it was a complete ACL and other tear um, back at, back in September or whenever that was. So, yeah, that's, that's a tough one. But he'll be back and ready to go for next season. And they, uh, again, all about the Champions League right now. They did pick up a nice win the other day just to steady the ship a little bit against Sheffield United after losing four in a row. But they have a 2-0 advantage over Leipzig. So looking good to make the quarterfinals of that competition. And we'll see. I think they'll be, they'll be okay. Going to be a tough season. We'll see. We're playing, we're playing another team I've never heard of before, but my son tells me they're very defensive-minded and they're, they've won their last five. So I, I think they're actually going to be better than Wolfsburger. Well, you can't be much worse. 
that was not um that was a nice little uh pick me up for the for the club it's, it's I mean, nice they, to have one of those every now and then they 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 needed that i i was afraid that we were only going to win on wednesdays and thursdays the rest of the year <laughs> that was my concern but you know who knows? who knows they've got a little run in the premier league now that if they could take care of business which they've shown zero propensity of doing hmm. so so let's let's not get crazy here but they literally i think they got fulham then palace and then arsenal i mean those are matches you could win there's a path there's a path there to points so at least at least there's the the opportunity the opportunities there got to just and, take it and and so you started by saying the bail piece which i think is important because here's the deal like again a lot on these odometers so who knows going to be healthy at the end of may with the caribou cup final the only way they're going to beat Manchester City is if they have like a healthy Gareth Bale or what, just, just to give him a shot. And then, you know, because City is just playing tremendous right now. I don't disagree. I think they've won 20 games in a row in all competitions. It's unbelievable. They've, uh, they've, they've just played on another level after not looking great at the beginning of the season, but they're a fun team to watch. They just keep finding ways to get the job done and nobody's going to stop them this year, at least not in the league anyway. Maybe though. Hey, again, like we talked about in the NCHC quarterfinals, when it's 60 minutes or 90 minutes on the clock, Bill, anything can happen. So come April and Wembley, you you got a shot. You never know. Including, including inside of, let's just say, the first two minutes of a match, you could get like a hand or shoulder ball. I knew, I knew that was going. Like those <laughs> those things could happen too. Hey, well, la- last thing. All right, last thing on the B side. And this probably should be an A side, but we'll, we're going to stick it here at the end. So this will be the final punctuation. What an odd deal at the Kibbe Dome, huh? Eastern Washington and oh. Idaho. How does that happen? I don't know. You you know what's weird, and I I need I will ask the question, um, how is that not reviewable? You may not have the right angle, but it's a scoring play. Yeah, yeah. If uh, if you're not tracking on this again, this is Idaho Eastern Washington this past week, and this is a tight game that Idaho ends up winning by seven. Eastern Washington has a short field goal which they make, but because of the way the Kibbe Dome, how there is no extension of the end zone like yes it's the goal posts and then it's it's the wall right there the shot or the ball ricocheted off the scoreboard or something and it came like right back out into the field of play and the referees thought it hit the goal post apparently and said it was not a good field goal when clearly on video replay you can see it splits the uprights and i'm not saying it cost them the game but it certainly changed the complexion of a game that eastern would go on to lose tough one for the eags uh, against that, the Vandals. That, yeah, they would have been up three with, uh, let's just say, 10 minutes to go or nine minutes to go. And then I think Idaho came back and, and yeah, kind of milked the clock yeah. to some mm-hmm. degree and scored a touchdown. It just, um, it, it, back to one of my favorite topics, replay, um, <laughs> is it, now we're about 20 years into this and we're still grinding. We're still grinding. One of these days. We're gonna we're gonna get it all figured out. Maybe not in our lifetime, Bill, but sometime. Do you think? Do you think the term "that's not reviewable" should be a term? <laughs> I mean, prob- probably not. I suppose it seems like an odd stance when you've got the ability to see anything. 
I know for the sake of game, the, the gameplay and the pace, etc., that you can't just always be going to a monitor, but when it's points on the board or not, feels like that's an important thing that you'd want to make sure you get right if you're not 100% positive that what you saw was what actually happened. It seems like you should have, like, the referees should have everything in their toolbox to some degree. That That's where I get really concerned. Like, officiating's hard enough. Like, no. just, again, we've, we've killed this a number of times. The motion <laughs> sports are really hard. Yeah. Motion sports are. Like, again, tennis... In, out, it's on, the, it, I, we get it all. We, we've crushed this, right? And, and, and we learn on VAR all the time, too. Uh, and again, Jurgen Klopp was right the other week. He was right. It's, it's when you're deciding the play is beginning. And that is a human judgment then at that point. Yeah. And so it's just, it, it's just fascinating. But that one just seemed odd to me. Well, thankfully, we, we hope we didn't have any of that the, the first two weeks of the UND football season. Fingers crossed that we don't have that issue moving forward inside the Alaris Center or wherever else UND plays this year. But yeah, you bring it up. It's a good point. Replay. Flawed. And perhaps always will be. So, Yeah, I, I would say so. It's a, um, it, it seems like it is, as much as sometimes we're trying to get it right, it, we sometimes are going down a rabbit hole that makes it sometimes harder for the people having to officiate. Yeah. feels that way. Yeah. Well, so there you go. I, uh, I mean, Hey, I, I, we haven't had a good replay conversation in a while. Oh, it's been a, at least a couple of weeks. It, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill. All right. Well, on that note, Hey, keep grinding away. Best of luck as you head into another crazy couple of weeks ahead. Good stuff as always. Last thing I'll say, Alex, and thanks to everyone for listening, kind of the three words that are awesome, right, that actually happened this week, pitchers and catchers. That makes you feel good, doesn't it? It doesn't make you feel too bad. Spring, right around the corner when those things happen. Report, I think the Red Sox are going to be frisky this year. Oh, okay. Okay. You heard it here first. Bill's Bill's believing. I I think they're going to be. Alex (laughs) Cora will get them going. It will be fun to see him back in the dugout. That will be good. That's right. Make, makes me feel better about life. All right. Bill. Appreciate you, Alex. You as well, sir. Peace, Bill Shaves. Cassie Niles is our producer. I'm Alex Heiner. Thanks again so much for listening. Enjoy the postseason and everything fun that's coming here as we turn into March. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon in the next Bill Shaves podcast. <laughs>